When you become a widow, the heartache can be overwhelming. You feel lost, you feel broken, you feel alone, and sometimes you feel like the pain will never go away. I believe that every widow has the capacity to endure, the power to overcome, and the determination to create a new life filled with meaning and purpose. That's why I wanted to create a show called Widow 180. People tell me they come here for the positivity. They listen to Widow 180, the podcast, to be inspired. They come to Widow 180 to be reminded that they have options, that the pain of loss is not a life sentence. Widow 180 is about turning tragedy, loss, and fear into strength, creativity, and a new passion for life. My mission each week is to arm you with these powerful stories of transformation and knowledge so that you can navigate life after loss. I'm Jen Zwink. I'm so glad you're listening. Let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Widow 180, the podcast. I wanted to get started today by thanking one of our awesome listeners for leaving this five-star review for the podcast. This is from number one G1C fan, and she says, Jen, thank you so much for this podcast. I lost my husband of 29 years, two and a half months ago. I started listening four months ago while he was sick, knowing I was a widow in waiting. He suffered from an extremely rare neurological disease for three years. The comfort and knowledge shared here has been indispensable and has brought hope and light in the midst of so much pain for me. And she sa- she goes on to say thank you with her five-star review. And I just want to thank you, number one G1C fan, for this wonderful review. And I'm so extremely sorry for the pain and suffering that you've been through with your husband and with his loss. And I'm so glad to hear that these episodes are helping. And I want to thank everyone for listening and for sharing the podcast. I really appreciate all of the support that I get from you guys. And please tell other widows about the podcast if they need that little boost of hope. That's what it's here for. Now on to today's episode. With today's episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about a word that I heard on a podcast recently, and it was being used in kind of a negative way. It's the word escapism. I'm not sure if you've heard this word thrown around before, but some people talk about it in a certain way, and these people were talking and having a conversation and using the word escapism like it's a bad thing. When you hear the word escapism, what comes to mind for you? Is it a good term or a bad term? It feels kind of negative, right? Escapism is actually just another term for using distractions to escape from the real world. Now, you can do this in many, many different ways, right? Good or bad. Escapism can be using healthy coping mechanisms too. Like reading a book is escaping. It's pulling yourself out of your own world and your own thoughts and into something else for a little while. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is something that I got lost in all of the time when I first lost Brent. This was an escape for me was diving into these books, self-help books and self-improvement books where I could lose myself for a little while. Another form of escapism is listening to music. And this is something that we can all do. It's a really easy, simple tool that we can use for a healthy distraction. Another one is dancing. 
And when Melissa Pierce was on here on the podcast, she talked all about her tap dancing class that she did where she had that one hour to herself just to get out of her thoughts for a little while. And I love that story. But the main thing that I think of when I hear of the word escapism is travel. And I am a huge fan. This was my go-to coping strategy. Without really knowing what I was doing or understanding why I was even doing it, I just did what I felt in my heart that I needed to do to get by. So I did it. And that was travel. And when people use the word escapism and they say, you're running away from your problems, I have to challenge that. You see, Travel can serve two purposes when we're talking about healing processes. Number one, the first way is by removing yourself from your routine. When we're in our routine and our day-to-day lives, we have so many distractions there that keep us from being able to grieve. You know, we get wrapped up in all of the household things, the paperwork, the bills, life, cleaning, kids, the weight of what happened to us, we're just, we're too overwhelmed by the sheer keeping up with life that we don't allow ourselves the time to sit through the feelings and do the grief work. But when we remove ourselves from that, even just for a little bit, we're not running away from the problems. We're running toward them. We're going to a place where we can focus on them head on and process the feelings head on. We're giving ourselves the gift of time and space to focus on us. So taking a vacation away to a beach somewhere is not escaping your problems. It's plopping yourself down on a beach somewhere where you can take the time to process what happened to you and what you've been through. You can have all the thoughts and do all of the mental work that needs to be done and really deep dive into it. Give yourself that time. It's like your own personal retreat. On the other hand, and this is the second purpose of travel, is instead of going to a nice, quiet, relaxing beach somewhere, you choose to go to, I don't know, let's say Disney World or to a weekend music festival where the point is not to dive deep into your thoughts, but rather distract yourself from them. You're using travel to get out of your head rather than in it. You feel like you desperately need this distraction to have some bit of reprieve from the weight of the pain and the sadness that you've been carrying with you. So whether you're using travel as a way to tackle your grief head on or a way to distract yourself from it, both are okay. Both are great options. And here's the thing, and one of the most important things to recognize, it's that you're tuning into what you need. Mentally speaking, You're acting in pure alignment with your intuition. And when you can recognize that and pay attention to what your heart is telling you to do, you know you're doing the right thing. You know you're on the right path. I've interviewed so many widows on the podcast who have used travel as one of the main tools in their toolbox of healing. Here's what Emily Lassiter has to say about travel as a way to bring new perspective into your life. I did this interview with Emily back on episode 47, and it was such an inspiring episode. She talked a lot about taking risks and pushing yourself and then gaining more confidence to move forward as a totally different person. But here's what she had to say about travel. 
If you could go on an adventure tomorrow with your girls, where would you go and why? Um, Africa, because I've always wanted to go and I've never been able to get there. We have traveled all over. I was really, um, we had an opportunity with the nonprofit that I was working with to go on a long extended trip through Europe. And um, that was just like one of the best things that we ever did. Um, And we also got to go to India which was probably one of the most healing things that we did together as a family, because I think we had a new adventure that was just ours. That was new and like proved to myself and to my girls that life could be exciting and fun. Yeah. Under this new um, normal, but then also they saw how much larger the world was. And, you know, when you see how vast the world is and also like the many, many blessings we have as Americans and how we live, there's something about that that puts it into perspective. You know, it doesn't make it feel like what's happened to them is at the center of the universe. It is a part of who they are, but it doesn't define them. Um, and that there's people all over the world that are suffering. Um, and, and so there was something about that when I, when we came back from that trip, that was when I really started to like move forward. And like, that was when I started, I got my full-time job when I decided, okay, I'm really going to do something that's bigger than this, you know, that was all. And, um, I say one day I'm going to, I'm going to do something with widows and travel because I just think there's something that is so um, healing about going out there and seeing the world and having an adventure that's your own new adventure and reminding yourself that you can do it. Um, it is. But out of all of that time, I wanted to go to Africa above all the other places and we just never could make it work. And so I'm just waiting for my time for that. I would like to invite you to get our latest freebie designed just for you. How to get your life back together after loss, a 10-step checklist. After countless hours of research, interviewing hundreds of widows, and through my own experience with grief, I have compiled this list of the 10 steps you need to take to put your life back together after losing a loved one. It's normal to feel overwhelmed and also normal to not know where to start when it comes to picking up the pieces of your shattered world. Here's where you start. You can get this free 10-step checklist at www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. I know that would be an awesome adventure. And also there was the episode that I did with Jocelyn Baker Johnson. That was episode 40. And Jocelyn actually studied the correlation between grief and travel after she moved her family to Africa when her husband was killed suddenly. And here's what Jocelyn says about escapism. But there's the paper that you wrote is titled Grief Inspired Journeys, Travel as a Means of Coping with Loss. So tell us about this paper because I just find it so fascinating mostly because of my own experience with travel as a means of coping. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many widows that I know that do this. But tell us a little bit about the research that you did and things that you came up with relating that. Yeah, well, I 
you know, I, I felt in my gut that travel, I had used travel to cope without really planning it that way. It just, in retrospect, I looked at the whole experience of traveling and I thought, I think this was a way that I dealt with it. And I thought this could be an interesting topic for a paper, but I really didn't find a lot in terms of empirical studies that talked about does travel help people cope with loss, like a tragic loss, like the loss of a spouse. And so there was quite a lot of anecdotal evidence. Like I read a number of blogs where people were talking about how they, they traveled afterward and it helped. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to look at this from my own perspective. Um, just look at my own experience and write about that. So I, I came up with a few different reasons why I think that travel is a, a coping mechanism and a, and a positive one for most people. And as the paper outlines, I think when you experience a loss of a loved one, you you also experience a loss of control over your circumstances. And that was very true for me because my husband was um, in a coma for nine days and I had no control over the outcome, whether he would live or die. And um, so travel really just gave me the opportunity to exert control again in my life, just from the little decisions about where to go, how to get there, who to go with. Yeah. Suddenly there's control again. Yeah. Yeah. So you, and then also, um, it was talking about distractions and how people think distractions are bad, mm -hmm. but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And, and so in the research, that is something that is stated that, you know, a, a distraction can be helpful in the grieving process, because if you're immersed in deep, deep sorrow all the time, you aren't able to function. So you, you have to have a break from that. Uh, and so, yes, your grief will follow you wherever you go, but having those distractions of being in a new place and seeing new things and finding some excitement and some joy again is really important. Yes. And it's also a way to like reframe that loss narrative because when you lose a person that you love, it's tempting to think like my life is over. I can, I can never get over this. Um, I will never love again. I will never do anything that makes me happy again. And travel just turned that on its head for me. I mean, when you go to a place like Africa and you see all the beauty and the amazing things there, you can't help but think, no, there's, there is purpose. I, I still have something to live for. And for those of you listening right now who have little ones at home and you're thinking there's no way that you can do anything like this, I want you to go back and listen to episode 29. That was with Nadia and Sink Tyke. And she and I talked all about her adventures of traveling the world with her young daughter, Floor, who was not even three at the time. But Nadja did this epic nine-month trip through Asia with just a couple of bags and not much of a plan. And here's what she says about travel being the beginning of her healing process. Think of any of the difficulties. I think I was so tired of thinking in obstacles calls what I couldn't do and I've made the decision that I wanted to think in opportunities what can I do what brings me joy what do I want and I knew that I didn't want to be the person I was or the, the person I was back then I was a shell of myself I was gray I was grieving uh, there was not a lot of joy 
And I didn't want to be that person. And I didn't want Flair to also lose her mom when she'd already lost her dad. So I knew intuitively that I had to do something. And you did it. I know, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the best the decision ever. It was best. the start of the healing. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's like an awakening, right? Like you put you your life again. Yeah. You put yourself in these situations where, you know, so there's a language barrier. You can, you still make it. You got, you got it. You can get by, you know, it's. Yeah. I never once had an issue with languages. It's scary. And of course you go traveling with the child with the child and she opens all the doors. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, people were so incredibly friendly. They went out of their way. Um, not once have I had a negative experience. Not once. That's so incredible. So you started this trip. Um, and wait, how long did that... Where did you go? And how long did that... We started off in... Um, well, in total, it was nine months. Wow. And I literally <gasps> left the schedule completely open. I changed the flight throughout. And as soon as we went somewhere, I booked flights. I decided to do the visas. I had nothing planned. And at one point, I was like, Flo, what do you want? Do you want to see temples or do you want to go to the beach no mommy i want to see temples okay we'll fly up to myanmar and the next day we went to myanmar what? do you want to uh, do a cruise or do you want to wow I don't know, see some orangutans and i really involved her in the decision not all of it of course um but yeah it was very what do, what do we feel like what do we want to do i'm sure so you met a lot of a, expats along the way and did you you made some friends along the way and yeah and you had yeah but I mean there there were times where I was very lonely as well and I remember one incident when we were in Bali and we're on a scooter and I literally it's the most beautiful place most beautiful beaches but with flow all the time you can't share anything and I was sitting on my scooter and I was talking out loud like right you know as lovely as this is I'm sick and tired of being on my own. Can you just make sure there's a bit more a bit more people around, people I can talk to? And the next afternoon, we met a Dutch family. We hung out with them. We met a lot of other people because of them. And we ended up staying in Bali for, I think, six weeks. Wow. I was like, thanks, Miren. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I feel very, I feel very guided and I know that he's with us. And finally, Laura Leanne and I chatted on episode 89 about her adventures traveling the world. Here was her advice to other widows about solo traveling and how helpful it is for rediscovering yourself. Give us some advice for other widows who do want to travel by themselves or, and they're afraid to because, you know, most of the time they travel with their husbands and now they still want to continue traveling, but they're scared to do it. They're scared to go out there and do things on their own. What advice can you give to them to kind of give them that little boost of courage? I think go somewhere that isn't go somewhere that you want to go. Not even maybe necessarily that you and your husband want to go, but do something for yourself. And I think that that's really important. And whether that means you need to like book a full tour when you start out, 
or you're like, I'm going to figure this out. And I was definitely like, I'm going to figure this out, but it doesn't need to be like that. But I think that once you're married, you, you know, you, you develop these hobbies that you do not only as yourself, but like with your spouse. And I think one of the things was, was once James passed away, it was like some of those things that we like doing together. Like I don't, I like doing it because I was doing it with you. Like I don't actually enjoy doing this. This is like really boring once I'm by myself and I'm just sad. So um, I think one of the things through travel is you're really able to realize what you love doing. And um, like, it's just, you, you start the day in a random country and you're like, what do I feel like actually doing today? What do I want to do? Um, and I think that that's, it's just a really cool thing, but it'll help you once you're kind of coming back to your kind of everyday life. Um, if you realize you, you loved like hiking way more, then you're like, I'm going to incorporate some hikes more on a regular basis when I'm in my everyday life. I really enjoyed actually, I like, <laughs> I really actually enjoy going out to eat by myself and like some people might not find that weird but and it might be sad kind of the first time but sometimes that's something that you might actually like to do so I think traveling just real makes you realize what you actually really enjoy doing on a regular basis by yourself these are all so inspiring I just love hearing these stories from these super courageous women and the other night we had another really fun awesome meeting with our widow connection community and of course we started off with a check-in you know just catching up and seeing what everyone was up to and one of our ladies was talking about just returning from a vacation to new york she just got back and now she's leaving again next week to go to playa del carmen for a week and i was so excited for her i i was i know she's really looking forward to getting away again of course as we went around the group Another lady was talking about how she just returned from a weekend yoga retreat that helped her work out some parts of her grief. And that was, it was like a deep grief that she had never really faced before. So physically and mentally healing for her soul. She went on to tell us that she had booked several more trips for this summer. I think like five in total in the next few months, including a crafting weekend and you guys, she's doing all of these things by herself, totally on her own. And I was so proud of her. I was so proud to hear that she was taking these brave steps. And the other ladies were too. They kept saying how proud they were of her and her courage and that she was so brave to be going out into the world and participating in these activities and things that she's never done before. And one person asked her, how are you so brave? How are you doing this? How are you so brave? And she just responded and said, well, what's the worst that can happen? I just feel like I need to get out of here, out of here, mentally here, out of my own head. And I feel like by going out and seeing the world and going to other places, it's a way for me to not stay stuck here. And we were all nodding our head like, yes, we get it. We get it. We know we need something. We may not have all of the answers and not all of the things make totally logical sense, but we know how we feel and we're able to tap into that intuition to know what makes us feel better. The biggest challenge then is finding the courage to follow that intuition, to get over that fear that stops us from taking the steps of following our heart. We let our minds 
override what we feel in our hearts. Our heart tries to guide us all the time, but our heart tries to lead us. But then our brain jumps in the way and says, now, wait just a minute. Is that really a good idea? But it's like our brave member said, what's the worst that can happen? Because as we know, the worst has already happened. It's already happened. So why not? Why not go on that retreat? Why not go on that weekend trip? Why not? So here's what I'm going to propose for all of you. I want to propose a challenge for all of you this summer. I have two things that I want to challenge you to do. The first, I want you to plan a day trip, a solo day trip, somewhere you've never been before that's within a day's drive from your house. Go spend a day antiquing in a small town two hours away. Or if you're near a beach, go to a beach you've never been to before just for the day. Or drive into the mountains somewhere, someplace you've never been. Grab some lunch and take a ton of pictures. This is your first challenge. Keep it small baby steps, one little baby step, a day trip to somewhere you've never been. And the next challenge, your second challenge that is, is to plan a night away. Just one night, just one. It doesn't even have to be a whole weekend. Drive out somewhere on a Saturday and spend the night, then drive back on Sunday, one night. And this is a big one. This is a big challenge if you've never done it before. But don't let your fear stop you. Be brave, little one. Get out of your own four walls and out of your head and out into the world. And I want to be involved. I want to see what you guys come up with. I want to see where you go. I know you can do this. This is a challenge to you, but it's also a very kind and loving kick in the rear end to get out this summer and do fun things. There is so much love behind my kick in the you-know-what. So take me on your adventures. Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Widow180. I want you to post a picture of you on your day trip and tag me. Or let us know in the Facebook group. We're a Widow180 community. Post a pic of you and tell us all about it. Tell us where you decided to go. If you do this, I will give you a shout out on the podcast for being such a badass. I can't wait to see this. Be brave. Be confident. You can do this. I'm cheering you on every step of the way. Until next week, believe in the possibilities. Thank you so much for listening to Widow 180, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're seeking daily inspiration and guidance, you can follow me on Facebook at Widow 180, the community, on YouTube at Widow 180, the channel, and on Instagram at Widow 180. If you're interested in more grief and widowhood resources, including our latest freebie, How to Get Your Life Back Together After Loss, a 10-step checklist. Head over to www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie.